This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, everyone. Today we are recording part five, Engaging and Connecting with Others, as part of our Get Fit for the Future series with Dr. Eric Albertini. Welcome, Eric. It's great to have you back with us today to continue our discussion on continued learning and skill development. Of course, today I'd like to focus our conversation on the third pillar in the Future Fit Academy framework, which is, of course, engaging and connecting with, e- with others. So welcome, Eric. Thank you, Karen. Great to be back. Thank you for having me again. Fantastic. So one of the areas that we're still grappling with as we enter an increasingly hybrid world of work is the establishment of the relationships needed for collaboration and innovation. Of course, these hinge heavily on trust. In my view, I don't think we've quite figured out how to do this in a virtual environment. And this is causing a lot of organizations to be reluctant to adopt a hybrid approach. What is the Future Fit Academy's view on how leaders can connect and engage with others in a hybrid environment? Can you know, that, that is a, a brilliant question, something that, that we think about and, and talk to our clients about on a daily basis. So in this category of skills, which we call engaging and connecting with others, we focus on, on five skills. These are change resiliency, It's about connecting to self and others. Mm. It's about virtual collaboration. And I think this is where your question I'll answer in a moment. We also deal with influencing without authority and then cultural adaptability. Our view, the hybrid workforce and, 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 and building trust in particular in a hybrid work, work team is particularly difficult. Karen, I think we, we know that. In many instances, building trust in a co-located team that are together all the time is difficult enough as it is. When people are distributed, when you have a virtual team, when people are not co-located, even more so. We know and, and we firmly believe, you know, humans are social beings and we need to be connected with others. We need a sense of belonging. We need to know what we're there to do. And we, we need the psychological safety. And psychological safety and trust go hand in hand. And of course, when we are faced with doing or building trust and creating psychological safety across geographic boundaries, different time zones, digital platforms, etc., it makes it even more difficult. And the people feel a sense of isolation. People have reported feeling not as connected that, you know, this, they, they need for this sense of belonging who's not where it needs to be. And that creates all sorts of dynamics. So for us, creating trust, building psychological safety through virtual collaboration is a critical area that we focus on. And it is more difficult and more, maybe more complicated than doing it in the physical co-located world. Absolutely. And it, it's it's worse now, though, because, you know, organizations weren't particularly strong at building connections and engagement across their teams 
pre-pandemic when we were co-located. And it's even more daunting for them to, to consider the challenges that are inherent in the hybrid organization. What are some of the skills you're teaching leaders around being able to, to connect with people to build trust? Karen, connectedness has two parts to it. You know, we, we come from the premise that one cannot give to another that which one doesn't have to give. So if I'm not connected to myself, it's difficult to connect to others. So for us, connectedness starts off with connecting to self. It's about understanding yourself. It's about self-awareness. It's about self-insight. It's about knowing who you are at core, understanding your identity, understanding your purpose. And when that is in place, then we can connect to others because others will connect with us if they see us as authentic, if they see us as caring, if they see us as having empathy. But we are unlikely to show compassion and be empathetic if we are not comfortable with who we are. So we link connecting to self and connecting to others. On the connecting to others, connecting is different to communicating. Lots of work has been done on the skill leaders need, which is, you know, communicate effectively. But for us, connectedness is about a meaningful, purposeful, intentional relationship. It's not just communicating. And when one connects with another, the other person will hear you better, that your communication will automatically be more effective because you have connected. But again, as I say, we, we focus with our leaders and teams and organizations on what connectedness means by first connecting to self and then connecting to others. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important. And I think I, I can imagine this is an area that a lot of leaders would be struggling with because we've never, we've never really had this, this level of emphasis on what is essentially a, an incredibly soft skill before. Correct. Absolutely. Karen, and I think we've dismissed it. We've 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 focused on the on the techniques of communicating and on the techniques of seeing others. But actually, you know, the neuroscience has also shown us that people are more likely to listen and to be influenced if there is this connection, if there is this understanding that you know, I'm open and available to the other person. So connecting with others is also about a sense of openness and availability to the other person. It goes into the time that people need to take to strengthen and, and, and broaden relationships with other people. And of course, as I've said, the two critical ingredients of this human connection which again have been put aside as, as very soft skills, but in fact they're critical, are empathy and compassion. Because one connects to others through empathy and compassion. And in particular, if I may, wise compassion. And I think leaders in many instances have said too much empathy and, and compassion 
may expose me as vulnerable. It may, I may come across as a weak leader. That's absolutely not true. So, so we in our work talk about, you know, what wise compassion and wise compassion is not just compassion. It's, it's the ability to do hard things in a human. And those two things, empathy and compassion help me connect through that connectedness. My message is better listened to and understood, and I'm able to influence people better without positional power but rather through personal power. And that's what we focus on in, in the connectedness skill that we work with. Absolutely. And I think, it's, I think it's so important to draw that distinction. Just because I have empathy or I'm acting with compassion does not mean I, I'm not able to make a tough decision or a tough call as a leader. And often we think, you know, in order to, in order to be this fearless leader, you've got to be hard. You've got to be, you know, you would have, we define that courage as almost that lack of empathy in charging forth in these situations and not, not worrying about what's being left behind. But you draw that distinction in terms of it, it's no longer either or, it is both and. Absolutely. I was about to say, Karen, that say if we, if we go back to the skill dealing with paradox, that is in fact one of the paradoxes that we work with in that module. Where the leader doesn't, it's not about being either tough or courageous or, or empathetic. It's both and. You know, I can be very caring, a leader can be very caring, very compassionate, but and tough. And, you know, it, it's this iron fist in a velvet glove analogy. It's both and, not either or. I can imagine it's quite a, a quite difficult skill to master. It is. People, what we have found, Karen, interestingly, is that once they connect to self better, the journey to connecting to others almost happens, I want to say, in a way, automatically. I think an inhibitor that we often come across is people battle to connect with others because they're actually not connected to self. And, and it, it's, the, it's the pyramid of leadership. You know, we, at the foundation of effective leadership sits the self. And if we don't focus on the self, it's difficult to move to the next level on the pyramid, which is focus on others. And that's why it's important that we, we start the journey of connectedness by connecting to self. So from my perspective, you know, connecting with self is, is, is of critical importance. And I think you and I both understand that, but it's, it's typically a thing, and I'm making a, a big assumption here, that, that leaders would see as almost too woo-woo, and now it's being brought into this organizational frame. How, when, you know, on your previous courses, how open and responsive are our leaders to this level of self-examination and you know once they get going is it something that they become very open to after a while or is it still something I mean it's hard work to to really sit down and analyze oneself and to to develop that self-awareness how are they embracing it yeah Karen I think that you know if I go back over the last 10-15 years there's been there's certainly been 
an increased appetite, if I can put it this way, for leaders to examine self at a deeper level. So there does almost seem to be acknowledgement or realization that, yeah, I need to just do a little bit of reflection, a little bit of introspection. I need to know and understand myself better. It is hard. And, and there are, you know, unfortunately in many organizations, the ego is still very much at play. And in some organizations, the very leaders that need to do this are the ones that don't believe they need to do this. But I suppose it also depends on how it's anchored to their own development, their own, you know, the benefits. If, if we position that better self-awareness and, and a deeper level of understanding self will contribute to their success and will contribute to their attaining the goals that they've set for themselves, if we anchor it like that, then in most cases it's it's embraced. But I think you 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 are right. It's it's not something that's easy to do. And effectively a lot of the time people don't want to do it because of you know they're scared of what they may discover. And so another component to help people embrace this connecting to self is creating a, a confidential safe space wherein they can do this deep dive into the self. Yeah, I think that that's critical because I think once you start the journey of self-awareness, you know, you, one quickly becomes acquainted with one's shadow side. And I think that is often quite frightening for a lot of people. And, yeah. you know, again, again, relating to your, you know, dealing with paradox, it's a both and bottle. We're not, we're not one or the other. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's about, sorry, Karen, it's about getting them to understand that part of this connecting to self is connecting to the strengths that they have. It's connecting to the good in them that they can better leverage. So connecting to self is not only about discovering or uncovering what may be wrong in inverted commas. Hmm. It's as much about understanding the brilliance that one has and helping the person better use that in connecting with others. So, so you know, very often is self-reflection and let's understand who you are and why you are who you are, are in my mind positioned as we're going to be going now and looking for things that are wrong. And, and that's, a, that's not the case at all. We very much, a lot of the time, are looking for things that are, in fact, exceptional. And, you know, that are, that are unique gifts that the, the individual has that may be not leveraged to their fullest potential. So I think that's also an important point to note in the journey to connecting to self. Absolutely. For, you know, for where I sit though, it, it's also starting this journey of, of connecting with self. It, it also implies, it also implies change. And one of the other skills that you, you focus on here is really on that change resiliency. And we spoke about it in one of the earlier episodes as well, just how difficult change can be to, to embrace and face, you know, but how important has it become for us to be 
to have this change resiliency, it, even when it comes to not only how we respond to the changes happening outside of us, but also in terms of how we need to embrace and, and change on the inside too. It's critical. So I think, Kevin, and you, you know how I many, some of these quotes escape me, but I think it was Viktor Frankl. In fact, it was Viktor Frankl. So Viktor Frankl, one of his quotes was, when you can no longer change a situation, we have no option but to change ourselves. And I think change resilience, one of the skills we work with, is about developing this willingness to change yourself. It's not just adopting or adapting to the external change, but it's the willingness to change yourself, which then takes us back into the connect to self and adaptability. So in the change resiliency work that we do, we bring two concepts together. The one is change readiness. How ready are you for change? What are the inhibitors? What may be preventing your willingness to change? We focus very much on the difference between the change, which is cognitive change, and then more the transition, which is, you know, do I move toward the change and embrace it? And that's the, the change part. The resiliency part is how do I develop this capacity to withstand constant change out there and how do I develop this capacity to withstand constant change I may have to make within and and then we balance the two because you know we know that when people are faced with change they can either you know choose to be a bit of a victim so now you know this has this change has happened and oh worries me or they can be a victor and they can say i embrace it i know how to internalize this external change and i know what to change from within and and that's what we work with in our module on change resiliency fantastic it sounds brilliant thank you eric if you are joining us for the first time today, Dr. Eric Albertini is joining me from the Future Fit Academy, an organization striving to ensure that we maintain our relevance by upskilling us to meet the demands of the future world of work. Please join us for part six in our Getting Fit for the Future series as Eric and I will conclude our discussions on the skills needed for leaders to or, or continue our discussion on these skills needed for leaders to build connection and engagement and most especially do this in in where we are now which is virtually a virtual world so thank you so much for joining me today eric thanks karen thank you i look forward to the next conversation excellent